Hello and welcome to episode 13 of series 4 of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. Well, we had a quite a long and winded introduction to last week's episode with it being our 100th, so I'm going to be quite a bit more concise this week. Just to give you a quick heads up on what we've got coming up in the next couple of episodes. So on the 4th of July, we have an interview with Kevin Herring from Accent Consu- sorry, Ascent Consulting. Uh, Kevin is going to be telling us all about context and connection and why they matter, very much in the context of employee engagement. How do we make sure that our employees fully understand the context of the organization understand the big picture but also how do we help them to connect that to their work so that's a really good interview really good conversation that i had with kevin and then coming up uh, the following episode after that on the 18th of july is an interview with jim gitney now jim is from group 50 and he's going to be telling us all about how we can communicate strategic intent again one of the things we try to find with organizations is they struggle to uh, communicate some of what their strategies are all about to their employees uh, and to get them really kind of all all pointing in the same direction and Jim's going to be giving us some really practical advice and tips on how we can do that so that's what we've got coming up in the next uh, couple of episodes after today's hope you enjoy it uh, just a final thing as I always say please if you uh, if you hear anything on the podcast that you 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 think anyone in your network would be would value or anything that we covered in the shows in previous shows in our previous 100 episodes please uh, share it with them let them know Give it a give it a share. Get get let's get more listeners, and uh, the more listeners we have, then the more we can grow the podcast, get more guests, and uh, and 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 for onwards and upwards. Anyway, I'll let you listen to today's interview. In previous episodes of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast, we've interviewed a lot of people who've been in the profession for a number of years, whether they're working as internal uh, managers and leaders of internal communications or employee engagement, or whether they're now working in their own consultancy roles outside of the business. A voice that we've rarely heard, though, is that of people who are new to the profession. Often it's quite difficult to find people who are new to an internal comms role who are willing to step forward and, and talk on a show like this. Or sometimes it's just that that they don't feel as though they have anything useful to contribute and therefore they're, they're not going to be proactive in coming forward. However, I was recently approached by today's guest who came forward who did want to talk about that their experiences, most, mostly positive, in fact, mainly positive in terms of their role and their new role within internal communications, but also someone who's got a lot of drive and passion and commitment for other, other causes outside of their professional role and someone who's clearly very keen to learn and to try new experiences. So what I've did, did today is we've, we've uh, in today's episode is we have an interview with someone who's new to the profession. Uh, they've just joined a, a big organization and as an internal comms specialist, having just recently graduated in a in a uh, internal comms related degree with an internal comms related degree. And they're going to be sharing with us some of their initial experiences of moving into the profession, how they found it, the things that they've found passion, passion for, things that they've also found ways of fitting in 
in with an established organization and with an established profession which they're relatively new to despite having a number of of experiences uh, in their university work and, and outside of their professional work so that's what today's all about it's all about how uh, internal comms professions how we're accepting and inclusive we are bringing new people in where, that we've spent time recruiting um, but also a lot of professional institutions that look at look after internal comms at the moment are very keen to make internal comms a career of choice and I think what we can do from today's interview is dis- establish what some of those drivers are and what some of the unique selling points are for internal comms and employee engagement to allow us to attract more talented people. So I hope you find today's interview inspiring and interesting and a very different perspective from the one that we've normally had. My guest today is Zane Landin. Zane is a recent graduate from California State Polytechnic University with a Bachelor of Science in Communication and Public Relations. Zane is a passionate entrepreneur, an advocate for social justice, and he has worked for a number of brands and organizations like General Motors, Sage Sage Publishing, NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory, and these experiences have, have prepared him to be culturally competent and a good communicator. He's recently landed a job as his first internal communications job as an internal communications specialist at National Geographic. So hello, Zane. How are you? I'm doing well today. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about where you are in the world, Zane? I know you're in the United States, but tell us a little bit about where you are, just so our listeners, because we have listeners all over the world, can position you. Absolutely. I am currently based in Washington, D.C., the United States of America's nation uh, nation capital. <laughs> and I, before I was a huge California native and I could say that was my identity four months ago. So I've only been in this <laughs> part of the country for, like I said, four months. And it's a bit of a culture slash weather shock, as well as adjusting to living on my own and having my, like, again, the first time, first ever entry level position for me as I just graduated in may with my bachelor of science in communication yeah fantastic so you've had a lot of change then so you've not only have you graduated you've moved literally right across from one side of the country to the other and you've got a you're in a new job and a new profession so uh, that's fairly daunting for, 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 for even the most experienced of us so so well done on that um tell us a little bit more bit more about about your work zane so so as, as a as an entry level as in, in your role of as internal communication specialist at national geographic uh, first of all it might be actually worth just i think we probably all know national geographic as a brand across the globe but do you want to tell us a little bit more about the you the part of national geographic that you're working in and then a little bit more maybe about the role that you you have within National Geographic. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, I the brand National Geographic, uh, there is, you know, kind of a, a distinction. There is the National Geographic Partners, which is what you would say is Disney. And because Disney occupied a large chunk of National Geographic um, a couple of years ago, and now there are Disney employees that work for the National Geographic brand. Mm-hmm. The National Geographic Society is where I work. It's still under the Nat Geo brand, but the society specifically is the nonprofit sector. And they're right. the ones who are actually funding and engaging with the actual funded explorers, where Disney is mostly the media side of things and telling the stories of the explorers on a grand scale. I, I Just to go back to your point, I, it was a really daunting experience. And the whole moving and the whole immersing yourself in a new environment and culture 
was really frightening to me. I almost mm-hmm. didn't take the job because of that reason. I told myself this wouldn't be for me. I don't want to move. It's <laughs> it'll be mm-hmm. too overwhelming. I think I should just start with a career here in California and kind of stay where I am. But then I felt like if I'm physically staying where I am, I'm going to stay where I am in my mind and I'm not going to grow as a professional if I am just doing a job in my room at my parents' house. Not to say that you can't grow that way, mm. but uh, what? how will I exponentially grow as a professional, not where I feel comfortable, but where I'm challenging myself. And that is here. And even yesterday, I went to New York for an in-person podcast about breaking echo chambers uh, on, from the Gen Z perspective, which was really exciting. And I got to speak on the on TV about mental health for this the Sinclair group, Sinclair Broadcasting Group did something called Sinclair Cares. Mm. And because I'm on the youth board for the National Alliance on Mental Illness, I know we didn't even mention it, but I'm really passionate about mental health. Yeah. And I am on the youth board for that, for that organization. They do amazing things. And they had this media opportunity in person in Washington, D.C. So even just being here, more doors have just naturally opened Fantastic. Yeah, no, well, good for you. And I, I mean, I think that, you know, again, I know you were going to talk a little bit about kind of the sort of generational uh, challenges as well, I think, in, in terms of, of, of sometimes working in, in larger organizations, but good for you in terms of, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone m- massively and, and recognizing that, you know, kind of what is comfortable or isn't always the, the best for our personal development, but it takes a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, guts to do that so 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 good for you and and your role in in national geographic then so how many people work there you're 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 an internal communication spe- specialist what, what, what are some of the things you're doing in in this uh, in this role zane are several things i think is internal communications people and this is again me coming in a very fresh perspective mm. internal communications i think is a it can be a very big profession it's a it's a challenging task to work with several partners of the organization and determine what needs to be communicated, what's appropriate, how to communicate it. Cause there's a certain way of course, and how to engage employees and make it, make it clear that, you know, this is what's happening. This is what's exciting and be as transparent as possible and understanding that level of transparency, um, especially if something is not specifically um, even finalized yet, but even just putting it on employees' radars, all that stuff. And so I get to do, you know, an internal newsletter that goes out to every single person weekly. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. get to help with, um, you know, a lot of the executive communications. I'm not on the executive communications team, but we get to support their team because a lot of it cross cuts with internal communications. And I just love that internal communications gets to work with several partners like technology or HR or legal, a lot of areas that I probably would never even touch if I were on the external communications team. The exciting thing, I also think it just prepares you to be an effective communicator and a professional because you mm. are communicating with people across the division, um, whether it's the CEO or if it's an entry-level person. Yeah, that's really good. And I think, you know, what I'm, what I'm taking from that is that you, what you've recognized is, is that it's given you exposure to a lot of people and experiences and really kind of cross cutting 
experiences that you probably wouldn't get in a similar level role in, in a, you know, in a maybe more conventional part of the business. So I think that's a really important point uh, there to, because I know a lot of people who, who listen to the podcast, uh, you know, are in senior in, internal comms roles or aspiring to be. And I think it's always really important to to recognize, you know, what the USP of internal comms is, because sometimes you, you can't see the wood for the trees when you've been doing it for so long. And, and I think that's a really good point. You, one of the things I noticed on your LinkedIn profile, Zane, was for someone so young, you've already got 115 different experiences. That's how many I counted anyway, which which is phenomenal. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, you may not know this. You may never have really uh, reflected on this. You know, where does – you've clearly got a huge hunger and a passion to learn and get involved and push yourself out of that – out of your comfort zone, which you've already talked about, you know, given the move from California to – to DC, where does that come from, Zane? You know, do, have you ever really thought about that, or have you ever kind of analysed that yourself, or is it something you, you you're kind of working on in terms of understanding what what drives your motivation in that area? It's a fascinating question because I almost kind of sunk into that mentality of mm. not going out of my comfort zone, as I just kind of shared before. Like, yeah, I almost didn't accept the job because I wanted to be comfortable. And I think one of the hardest things that people can do is embrace the, that feeling of discomfort. And I mm. understand like we don't want to be uncomfortable. Like we want, as humans, we want to be aligned. We want to be balanced. You know what I mean? And I, that makes sense. Like you want yeah. to be... Yeah, you, you don't want to be continuously that- terrified and and, <laughs> and and anxious of, you know, kind of feeling that everything is uncertain. I think you need a certain amount of stability. But yeah, sorry, sorry, Zane. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, no, and I, I agree. And there are people, you know, like a lot of entrepreneurs that thrive on risk taking. And mm. um, but still, I think that, you know, you still need a certain level of consistency and having the balance is important. You don't want to be all risk and you don't want to be completely comfortable. Like you got to find the balance and you some people thrive on having a really risk taking mentality, but some don't. And, mm. but also just try and look for places you can challenge yourself. And it's not like you put all your eggs in one basket. I mean, put one egg in a basket. You don't need to go from zero to 100. Uh, you can definitely go like, Oh, maybe even speaking up at a meeting or asking that question that you have in a meeting is mm. going out of your comfort zone. It, it, very simple things like that. And I, I say simple, but that doesn't mean it's simple for someone else. No, but, I understand. You know, yeah. He's, it's just about taking the small steps and sometimes taking a leap can be overwhelming because you don't know what you're getting into. It could be great. It could be scary. And so, you know, taking your time with it, I think is good, but I will share that. I, I don't know. I think I remember just not, I was for a long time. I was always directionless. I didn't really know where I was going. And in fact, I didn't really have everything together and, I still don't. I don't. I don't think most people mm. do. I think most people are figuring things out. <laughs> I think that's okay. Yeah. And I think that's what uh, young people, I hope, can understand one day. And I hope they're not put too much. They're not putting too much pressure on themselves. So Zane, I, I, I think what I, what I've picked up from that is that you're, um, you, you, you're really that you know the openness to possibility. The fact, again, even at your young age, you've recognised that. Um, you, you, you know, and I, you're totally right. I'm, I'm, I'm significantly older than you, and I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. And, and I think you've got to, you, you, you know, I know a lot of people who, who have gone down very prescribed routes, and that you know, kind of gone down a very, very um, mapped out way of, of living their life in terms of their careers. And, you know, I, I'm a great believer in, 
giving yourself freedom and allowing serendipity and and you know that's just my my take but i'm, I'm very similar to you and i you know that would always be my advice is don't box yourself in because you never know these days whether uh, if you're going to go down particular one particular route things can become very quickly become very obsolete um you know in our world things can that, that look like a job for life can suddenly evaporate given the way that technology is advancing so you're, you're very wise to get as much experience and, and as breadth as possible so you can uh, you you can learn and apply that and and switch if you have to switch tracks because that's a really uh, a really important thing to be able to do i want to go and, on to just yeah, talk a little bit sure. sorry sorry zane yeah go on no, and I just want to say, yeah, and I know you um, mentioned, you know, the LinkedIn experience and, you know, some of the things on there for experience I have as committee members, as a leader, it's not necessarily all of it hardcore what experience is. I think that's mm. a good thing because I am starting to, you know, work one-on-one with people about their careers and people who are mm. looking for jobs. I've done three to four calls recently in like a lot of them actually got the job that I helped them prep for. Not mm. saying it's all me, of course, because it's not. Of course, it's their talents. But I try and provide a unique perspective on what recruiters might be looking for. From my yeah. experience, I am not a recruiter. I don't claim to be. But, you know, these are things that have helped me. Um, and what I think is the biggest gap that people or but I'm specifically talking about young people is they do not see the experience that they have. What I mean is like, They'll look at a project, they'll look at a class assignment, they'll look at extracurriculars and they'll go, that's not the experience employers are looking for. And I'm like, well, what kind of experience are they looking for? They said like, oh, working in the office. And I'm like, you see that. They might see a huge value in you bringing it up. I think if you can look at the job description and connect it to an extracurricular or something you've accomplished, it doesn't matter Mm. what, Mm. that speaks volumes to you. And I think that that is actually- They'll be impressed by that. And so like when they say, I don't have experience in doing like market research, I'm like, you have actually, you just don't have the traditional market research background that you're thinking of, but you have the market research, um, just not in the way you're thinking. Very good advice. Very good advice. Uh, you, 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 I would like, I'd like to know how you found, cause you, you're a Gen Z, you, you know, you're, you, you're kind of the sort of pe- person that people were, you know, wanting to get, you know, particularly with someone with your drive and enthusiasm and, and experience that you've got and, and your, your outlook on life. What have your first impressions been of going into both the profession? And you know, you know, I know I don't, probably don't want you to comment on any of your 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 currently you know your current or previous employers but just generally how have you have you found it a, an inclusive have you have you felt it easy to feel a sense of belonging have you found it's you know stuffy and a bit traditional in places what, what's your first reaction and again i'm not we're not commenting on any specific organizations but just generally coming into this profession what's it been like for for someone of your age and with but but with well, also with you know someone with your huge potential have, have have organizations allowed you to express yourself or have you had to kind of restrict that in some way zane coming into it as a new professional thinking that and when i and when i saw the role like i wasn't even like when i, I saw it was national geographic society and i thought that was exciting but I really was just interested in the job description because I felt like mm. every single thing I wanted to do, it was aligned with what I wanted to learn and coming into it. It's just, it's just really exciting. And again, mm. because I feel like I get to be on so many levels with senior leaders, entry level people, mid, mid managers, um, mid senior level, like it's really exciting on the people I get to interact with. And I get to really meet 
a lot of people across the organization who are doing such fantastic work that I get to help amplify or support. And I think one of the best things, and not even just a profession, but you know, when an organization has like inclusion networks yeah. or em- employee resource groups, I think those are really exciting. Yeah. And internal communications will touch that because you know, like their employee resource groups, they touch the internal side of the business. Like it's not an external thing. Like this is for employees and by by employees and for employees. And so we want to tell the stories of what these networks are doing. And for me, what I love about the role I'm in is I get to touch a lot of DEI stuff mm. and or a lot of DEIA stuff. And I am a member of all the inclusion networks, all six. We have six of them and I'm a member of all six. I attend all of the meetings as much as I can because it's, it is a lot to attend all six, but luckily they all don't meet weekly or anything. They meet me once a month or twice a month and um, they'll have events and I attend some of them. I help with some of them. Very good. So it sounds. It's. A, I think it does sound like you've. You've been. You know. You've. You've. As is your style. It sounds like you've thrown yourself into it, heart and soul. But also that the you found it a welcoming and and uh, a place where you have been able to express yourself, which I think is really, really, really positive. Uh, Zane. Zane. Before we before we finish, I want to talk a little bit about your um your your. You've already mentioned it a couple of times about your obviously your passion for inclusion and diversity, but also uh, your work with 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 mental health the mental health youth action forum and, and also i know you've been involved you you've got a, a magazine positive vibes uh, which which is something you've you've started and and grown yourself so there's a lot of things there did you want to kind of just tell us a little bit more about about where that came from zane and, and how you're involved and what, what sort of work you're doing there yeah for the longest time mental health was something that i always experienced from a very young age. And I always tell people that to get the context that it's mm-hmm. something I've lived with for a long time. It's not something I stumbled upon. Um, and for the longest time, I just considered it something to work on. I always thought, you know, mental health is something I work on. I saw a psychologist when I was in middle school to the end of high school. And I thought I got relatively better, at, you know, until you never know what life is going to hit you with. And so mm-hmm. there were times where during school, I was you know, engaging in self-harm. I was very much suicidal, like a lot. And I had to take a semester off. Mm. And again, a setback like that can feel like a lot because you're losing an entire semester. Mm. And so so when that happened, that's afterward, I really became an advocate, men's health advocate. And even though I, I was kind of an advocate before, just being aware and like being really understanding of people when they experience that, because I have. But now I felt like I was an advocate on a new scale, which was, you know, actually engage with organizations, actually start conversations, create the space for people to talk about mental health. Because in university, there's not a lot of space to talk about it. Sure, you can go and see a psychologist and you can go get professional help. But where's the community? You know, where, where can we actually interact as students to talk about these pressing issues that impact our mental health? So, you know, I got really involved in Active Minds, which is a, you know, college-based mental health organization. And after that, I just got involved in so many other areas with mental health and disability because I joined a disability organization and I learned so much more about disability as well. And I, I found out I was neurodiverse and there's just so many different things happening. And yeah. so I thought, what can I do? I was taking a class. We had to create our own publication. I thought, I want to do a publication on positive mental health storytelling. And what that means, I don't know, but I want that to be the theme. And it was a project night. I was texting my friend and her, and I had the idea of why don't we just start this? People start stuff all the time. Why don't we just do it? 
And so her and I started it. We started off with just social media. Then it moved into a website. Then it moved into actually interviewing folks that we never thought we would do because I thought we were going to share our perspectives on different topics. And that is where things change um, indefinitely for it. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that's great. That's entrepreneurs. You have to kind of see the trends and see what works and also see what new opportunities are. And that's what we did. We thought, you know, let's, let's take the angle of interviewing people. And it was yeah. really exciting. And I, I love that. I love doing it because I love creating the space for people to not just share about their mental health, but their, their whole story. And I understand people are a little hesitant because sometimes the media can, can like sometimes misquote you. Um, and it's not, a, it's not a good thing. That's why every single time we release a story before it goes out, I send it to the person like, this is the draft you edit whatever the heck you want because this is your story. We're yeah. just the medium here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my understanding of mental health and the magazine also just, I wouldn't say it made me more empathetic, but I was just so much more aware of different factors that contribute to mental health than I was before. And I think that made me such a better advocate. And that's why I think I was chosen for the forum. If I didn't start that magazine um, and it's called positive vibes magazine. I didn't even yeah. mention that. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. Yeah. So then I was accepted. Wonderful opportunity where I actually got to meet Selena Gomez as the keynote. And then there was, then I met President Biden. And it's just to be at that level and to have that space where I can actually do something like that was nothing I ever anticipated. I I always envisioned myself going to the White House at one point, never (laughs) this early. I always thought it was going to be the movie when I was 50 or 60. And I was like, (laughs) well, it's the end of my career. And maybe I've done great things and I get to be awarded there. That's what I always was dreaming Mm -hmm. of. But this was so exciting because it was something I get to speak on passionately about. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. And, and again, massive congratulations again. I think it's, uh, it sounds a, a fair reward for the, for the, for the effort and passion that you, you've put in there, Zane. So just, just finishing off, I'd like to just kind of go back to your, you know, your role and, and the fact that you, you're new to the internal comms profession and you're in this entry level role. And I hate using that term because you, 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 you've, you've got probably more skills and experience than, as I said, I was saying earlier, a lot of, a lot of uh, people who've been in the profession for a long time, but but just what what do you if I was a um, you know a kind of a a senior manager uh, managing people like like yourself in an intern intern you know in a sorry in an initial uh, you know kind of uh, sort of startup role in in internal comms what advice would you give to me to get the best out 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 of out of you and out of people of your your age and and your with your kind of experience and new to the profession what what, what are some of the things managers and leaders can do who are managing and internal comms specialists who are new to the profession to get the best out of them saying and it may be things they've already done but it may be things that you're thinking you know uh this 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 i'd really like it if if maybe they could do this or they did this this would bring out the best in me and, and even more more of the best in me that sort of thing the best way you can manage someone is not necessarily be a manager but to be a mentor i think it's one of the most important things and i think that if you get rid of the labels of manager entry level and you invest in your employees, you know, they're not there to just do a job. They're there to grow. They're there to be leaders. And to me, it's like, if you can actually foster that leadership and provide them opportunities, like here's this really great leadership training I think you would be great in. And just thinking about them on that end, I think that's great because you always think about how they can grow and how they can always better themselves when you're new there's so many things to think about. Like being socialized into a new company culture is another thing. Like that can be a that can be a, a culture shock, especially if you're new. Like I'm a first gen professional too. Like 
my parents didn't work in corporate, so I had no idea. I, that's why I did so many programs, a lot of experience too. Yeah. So I thought I needed to prove myself with that kind of go, can go into the hustle burnout culture, which <laughs> I don't yeah. have to go into, but there's just so many things that, you know, you learn through the job and also every culture is different and every team is different, you know, cause just cause a company has a great culture, that team's culture may not be the best. So sometimes the team can really make, make it too. Like some people say, Oh, you know, review the company online. And it's like, but that, that team you're entering, who knows? So yeah. be mindful of that you know, just because it's a big name like Disney um, or something like that, that doesn't mean that they may not have teams that, you know, may not be helpful. And you have yeah. to, under, you have to understand your growth and what you want. And you may not be getting that from a team. And that means you move or you can find a new job. Yeah. And I also think that there's a learning curve, right? I think that if you're new to a company, like I said, that's one thing. And if you're even new to the whole profession, that's another thing. And I think that there's a lot to learn. And of course, I'm always learning. I don't think I'll be comfortable in this comfortable. Like I mean, comfortable, like, you know, um, self-sufficient. I still think yeah. I need to rely on my boss and my coworkers still, cause I'm still very new, but I think like yeah. you have to give yourself time. And I hope managers understand that, that, you know, if someone's new, give them time, like give them grace to work on a project and always be have an open door policy. Like let them ask questions. Um, don't discourage them, encourage them to ask questions. Excellent. Well, don't you? Uh, my advice to you, Zane, would write those things down. Being don't forget them because when you be, do become a manager, uh, it sounds like you've got all of the all of the potential there to be a really good manager when you when you step up because you, you've learned a lot of things there. And I think you know a lot of my experience in managing is the best managers are the people who kind of you know recognize what a good manager looks like while they're being managed and and then try and 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 deliver that when they actually get that opportunity because i think that's a really you know there's a lot of people who i think who forget what it was like to 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 be in your your position so that's a good uh, really good summary i think there for anyone who's listening here in who's uh, managing you know people regardless of where what stage of their own career they're at in terms of what what we want from employment and i guess we all know that but sometimes we 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 lose sight of that i think Look, Zane, I, I'm I'm going to wrap things up. It was a really, really fascinating conversation. I appreciate your your openness, your honesty, and and I think you know again on behalf of the listeners, I think probably want to just sort of play back to you, you know how how uh, how how amazingly you 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 you've kind of grasped the opportunities that have been presented to you, and I believe you me that you, you, people who do that are are, uh, are not in the majority. So you you definitely got some some sort of unique. Uh, drive and, and and commitment there that, that I think you know you you serve you really well and uh, and have served you really well so um, fantastic so thank you so much Zane I wish you all the best please keep in touch um, I'm going to put some links in the show notes I was going to put your your LinkedIn profile uh, did you want me to put a link into your your positive vibes magazine as well I'm happy to do that if that would if any of the listeners want to have a look at that as well if you could send me the URL for that after we've uh, we've wrapped up if that's okay. That is okay. That would be great. And then um, you can also include my Instagram. I will send both links to you. Please do. Um, yeah. I only say because my Instagram, um, well, for one, it is a professional Instagram and I am active mostly on there and LinkedIn. So that would okay, be great. Great. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That would be really good. And then, and uh, you know, gives you some, uh, some Google, Google links as well, back to your, to, to your, uh, your, your, your mm-hmm. positive vibes magazine as well, which is, we always want those things, don't we? So, so look, Zane, thank you so much. Thank you for, for you know, for, for you reached out to me for, to this interview. I should point that out. You know, that was you again, just a demonstration of your initiative. And I think all of these qualities I think are, 
or, you know, what most uh, employers are, are, are uh, craving for is someone with your sort of drive and initiative and passion. So, so thank you for, for sharing that with us, Zane. And, and I wish you all the best for the rest of uh, 2023. And uh, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on, on, on your progress because it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting journey, I think. Yeah, well, again, thank you so much for having me. Even when I saw the podcast and I saw the kind of people you had on, I was like, oh, gosh, I don't have that experience. But maybe he wants like maybe a newer perspective. So I definitely try to pitch myself in that angle. Yeah, good for you. And you you absolutely hit on, you know, we, we do, we, we've got some amazingly experienced people on, but I think, you know, that, that, that for balance, I think we sometimes need to, to, to hear voices like you and a lot of professional institutions in the internal communication space are actively trying to, you know, make it a profession of choice. A lot of people historically have drifted into it through other other channels or other you know other professions so i think it's you know making that a choice like you have is, is something a lot of organizations are trying to do so it's great to hear from someone like you about your first impressions but also you know what what mm-hmm. uh, what energizes and motivates you so i think that's a really really useful conversation so again well done to you for spotting that opportunity and approaching me so uh look zane thank you very much you take care and uh We'll be in touch, I'm sure, at some point in the future. Yeah, thank you so much again. Take care. Bye-bye, Zane. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. If you've got any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover in future, you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can use the feedback form at engagingic.com. If you're not already subscribed to the show via your podcast platform, please do so. And if you could leave a review for us, that would be absolutely fantastic. We have links to other episodes at engagingic.com. All of our previous episodes are available there. And if you're interested in our visual communication services, our big pictures, our learning maps, our explainer videos, and also our live graphic recording, please get in touch with us again at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. Thank you.